Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2023, and this is a 7 a.m. Eastern Time big book meeting. Today we are reading from the big book on page 93, the second paragraph, and we are starting with, let me get my notes again, um, the, um, your prospect may belong to a religious denomination, and we're reading through just five sentences, ending with, he may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. The readers today are the 12 steps. We have, we have, um, sure, Chris W., the 12 traditions, Devorah S., readers of the text are Jeannie B., Chris M., and Ramona A. Newcomer greeter today is Vanita G., and the host of the second hour, Chris G. The announcements will be given by Kathy S. The reference number for yesterday's meetings, Wednesday, July 12, 2023, are these. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,436. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,437. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery, and we're going to ask Chris M., excuse me, Chris W., to read those steps for us. Good morning, Chris. Hi, this is Chris W. Excuse me. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 
6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Chris W. And next, the 12 traditions are going to be read by Devorah S. Good morning, Devorah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Devorah S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in members except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media or communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us, reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was Devorah S. And now here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute, and once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, 
Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 93. We are on the second paragraph that begins with, Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination through five sentences only, ending with, He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. And I'm going to ask Jeannie B. to start us off with that reading. Good morning, Jeannie. Good morning, Penny. Good morning, all. This is Jeannie B. I am a compulsive overeater in Florida. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. In that case, he is going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. But he will be curious to learn why his own convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. Well, I love reading these five sentences because it made me remember that just a year and a few months ago when I came into these rooms, I fully believed I had the strongest spiritual life. Not religious, but spiritual, and nobody could tell me anything about my relationship with my higher power. I had this connection, I was strong, and yet, and yet it had nothing to do with food, and in my case, nothing to do with my ability to surrender, to trust, and fully believe that my higher power would take my food, would take my addiction, would take my, my woes, my fears, and I did not have to carry them any longer. I had no idea that that was possible. I had no idea until the magic of this program that that was, that was a life that I could actually live. And here, a year and something later, not too long, I work every day at being spiritually fit. And it has gotten so much better. I am not fully there. I am not without fear. I am not, some people say, human. But I am not fully there. But boy, does this feel better. Boy, does this feel freer. So for the newcomer, I pray that you hear there's hope. That's what I needed. I pass. Thank you so much, Jeannie B., for getting us started this morning and for your share. So before I take a list of names of people who would like to continue sharing on this topic, uh, this paragraph of five sentences, um, please remember that if you shared within the last three days, or, or the past two days, in other words, so if you shared on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week on any vision meeting, we ask that you just hold back and let other voices be heard. Also, remember that we're sharing on these five sentences only. Thank you. Okay, so let's have uh, names of people who would like to share on these sentences. Linda D. Linda D. Lisa B. Lisa B. Lisa B., and I heard someone in between. Who was in between? John M. 
Vanessa L. Beverly R. L. Beverly. Beverly R. Who was Sherry A. Hold on just a minute. Who was after Beverly? John M. John M. Okay. And Sherry. I'm going to stop there because we have a number of people. Okay. So here's who I have. I have Linda D. I think it's Johan M., but it's someone whose last initial is M. Lisa, Benita, Beverly, John, Sherry, and Reva. And please give me the last initial of your name when you speak, and if you wish, your location. Okay, Linda D., hi. Hi, Penny. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D., and I'm so thrilled, really thrilled to be recovered, but not cured but recovered in Connecticut. Um, Where to begin with this? I'll begin with me. All I have is me, myself, to share with people. So I don't lead any person. When I talk to people, I have now learned not to do this because I'm sure I made every mistake in the book as a sponsor, as a human being in approaching people but I don't lead talking about God. I don't shy away from it. I just let it unfold. I let the conversation unfold. I think my job now, I understand better. My job is to listen. I can listen very well now. Not perfectly, I'm human of course, but it's because I have a connection through this book, through these steps and through all of you you folks are the glue that holds hold all of this together. I have to have living examples and friendship with people who are doing what I'm doing, which is plugging into God. I didn't know that. I didn't even know God was real. So some people know God's real and they have tremendous faith. But the point is, and I didn't, but the point is I did know one thing. I'm very self-destructive with food. And if I don't self-destruct with food by being abstinent and by being guided by a competent sponsor, that, that is necessary for me anyway, uh, I'm going to have all these thoughts that are all screwed up because they're so, the perspective is so small. It's all about me. It's not really about what life is about. Life is about love. And it's unconditional love. And there's only one place I can get it. And that's with God, who teaches me how to love you, how to love myself. What a thrilling program. Please listen to the program and see if it's for you. I bet it is. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. That was Linda D. And next, I believe I need help, though. I think it was Johan M. Is that right? Someone with the last initial M. Okay, I'm going to go on to Lisa then, and we'll come back and see who that person with the last initial M was. Lisa. 
Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in South Carolina, and I spell my name L-E-S-A. Um, you know, I wanted to share my own experience with this paragraph. Um, I had no idea for so long that, that this paragraph applied. It was my experience. It was me, you know. Um, it. The thing I love about this program is we're blessed with the 12 steps, which I used to think the 12 steps are the solution, but I really have found that the 12 steps lead me to the solution, which is a spiritual awakening, that personality change and that relationship, you know, that I have with my creator. And I, my natural state is hostility to God. And I can remain hostile to God, uh, you know, for so many years, even in abstinence and recovery. And that's why I love OA and the 12 steps because I learn a plan of action. This is such an action program. It's not about, well, I meant well, you know, I meant to do well. No, what am I doing? And that's how the transformation happens. So getting abstinent and then getting recovered as a result of the 12 steps, having that spiritual awakening where food is no longer my solution. You know, myself, I'm not the solution. I worshiped myself and what I wanted, what I felt, what I needed. And, you know, it's taken me several years in this program of being recovered and abstinent to see that I, I had still so many deep-lying um, prejudices about God and about religion, you know, and I, I judged people that were religious and I thought just being spiritual is better. And and I thought that I was spiritual and I I really um, just used that. I used that, you know, as my so much. And I realized that I didn't really have that connection with God. And that's what I've learned. And I still don't. I mean, I haven't arrived by any means. But it's through the action steps of this program that it's, be, it's really about becoming less and less of me. This program is subtraction. It's about subtraction, not addition. And it's subtracting more and more of me, the hostility in me and the selfishness in me, which is my natural slant every day. That's my natural slant, no matter no matter how much time or anything. Um, so I'm just so grateful for these continued, the continuation of the steps in my life today that keep bringing me more and more to my creator and less and less of me because I can still hurt others and be so selfish and self-absorbed and based in fear and dishonesty. That's just my natural slant, but how much I need God, my creator. Um, so I was really in this paragraph. Faith is not enough. <laughs> Faith is not enough. It's what am I doing? And letting that transformation happen. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa B. And Benita L., you're next. Hey, Benita L., recovered compulsive overeater from Georgia. Um, I'm glad everybody is here. This passage is pretty profound for me because it causes me to reflect on my life. I grew up in a huge, um, popular, long-standing religion and had 11 years of religious school. And so I was really well immersed in that those religious beliefs anyway but I did realize pretty easy that my family though my mother was 
district in this religion, but there wasn't a lot of love there. And um, left all of that and then went off on a big new age journey, which was really profound in a lot of ways also. But it wasn't till I got, it wasn't grounded, it seems to me. And it wasn't till I got to 12 steps. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way. I call it, you know, what everyone should have learned when they were in kindergarten, right? Like connecting with God, turning our lives and wills over to God. Um, when I do something like looking at myself and not blaming people, um, when I make a mistake, making amends for those things. So, yeah, to me, faith is always an interesting word because to me, there's a difference. Like, I don't have faith that there's a God. I, I know there's a God. And, um, through experience I know that and I've actually known that probably since I was born but anyway I'm super grateful because to me the 12 steps are very fundamental to my life thanks oh thank you Benita L um and next Beverly Beverly R I had a question to Ask and I think it's probably been answered. Yeah, I wanted to know why is it that very religious and very spiritual people like me have a harder time, sometimes have a harder time than others? And if anyone can answer that question, please call. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but... Uh, and this hour, we just share on what we read. The second hour, you can ask questions. So if you just stay until the second hour, a little after 8 o'clock, you can ask a question. Okay, Beverly? Okay, let's go on to John M. So after 8 o'clock, you said? Yes. Right after Thanks. 8 o'clock, after the announcement, uh, there'll be another moderator. And, and so, John M. from South Carolina. The sentence reads, To be vital, faith must be accompanied by action. This is what I haven't been getting. I've had the attitude that <clears throat> the faith is enough and I don't have to do anything. God will do it all. But God helps those that help themselves. So how how do you do that? Well, I believe it's by putting others' needs before ourselves. By reaching out and lightening someone else's load and getting our mind off what we need and what we want because that leads to the obsession with food. Oh, I must have this, I must have that. It's a me, me, me. And uh, that's the thing that I have not yet learned. It has to be done each and every day in order for us to be fully healed. So I um, remain in this wonderful program and I listen and 
I learn and I put it into action and one day I will be successful. So I'm not going to leave until that miracle happens and I'm very grateful for this program and all the wonderful voices of recovery that give me hope who were once like me and are not like me anymore. Hallelujah. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, John. I'm grateful that you and everyone else who's here is attending. And next, Sherry. Can I be heard? Yes, nicely. This is, uh, this. good morning, everybody. Thank you so much to everybody doing the service and sharing. This is Sherry A. from Chicago, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, I I was so struck um, by that sentence that um, that faith alone is insufficient. Um, and what I have discovered as the result of um, being guided through the steps, being guided through putting down the food, um, is that yeah, faith was insufficient for me. Um, and I wanted it badly. I wanted a connection, I thought. Um, but really, I kind of wanted things to turn out my way and to feel good. Um, and so I was curious about my sponsor. I was real curious why her convictions seemed to work so well and mine didn't. Um, and uh, for any newcomers, I just want to say that Although that faith alone was insufficient, action and being connected to the fellowship and being connected to my higher power, that action and faith is like dynamite. Um, my faith alone um, didn't accomplish those things, but faith and taking action to follow um, and trust in that higher power um, that has been everything. So uh, thank you so much for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sherry A. And now, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. So this paragraph is talking about, you know, dealing with a protege. But when I think about myself, you know, it helps me. Um, think of um, these questions, you know, why is it that I had a really good extensive religious education and training? Why was that not enough? And, you know, the, similarly, why is it, you know, I can know a lot about the big book. I can have a lot of theory about God. I can have a lot of knowledge of the big book, but all that knowledge and all that knowing is not enough. Why not? because I need to have what's going to be shared probably tomorrow. Um, it's not just about step one and 11. I can't just say I have a problem. Oh, God, please help me. Oh, I believe in you, God. Take everything away or do my Santa Claus list. Um, because they, I've heard it said, you know, prayer without action is just like begging. I got to cooperate with God and I got to do the work. And this is not just... Um, you know, find God, pray it all away. This is a very um, systematic method for dealing with my addiction. 
and I have to do the steps between steps one and 11. And yes, I need a connection with God, but I have, I am a real compulsive overeater. I have to deal with the real problem, which is self. And I have to take the actions to um, get rid of all that self and do everything in the systematic way, focusing on others. I can't just do service and pray. I can't just do steps in 11. Like there's a whole bunch of steps in between. Um, And, you know, this is also a good um, little warning for me because as much as I know, as much as I've experienced, there might be people in this program who know less but are getting better results because of the actions they're taking. So it's also a reminder for me to keep an open mind, never, ever um, think that I know so much. Um, Like I can always learn from other people, um, whether they're, you know, one week in program, one day or years or um, like it it, it all uh, is about keeping my mind open because um, it's, it's what people are doing and how they're getting the results that I want versus just head knowing. This is a practical, it's practical and it has to be applied. Um, So I can't pray my problems away. I gotta do the work um, so that the self is out of the picture. Um, Yeah, I don't know if I can put this into words, but I would love to just beg and make my list for God. It just doesn't work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. That was Reva P. And now, um, I'll be ready in just a minute. Let me just remind, to take more names, just a reminder that we are on page 93 in the big book, the second paragraph that begins with, your prospect may belong to a religious denomination and ends with, faith alone is insufficient. And another reminder that we are sharing just on these five sentences. Thank you. And who else would like to share? Larry G. from California. Jennifer G. Hold on a minute, please. Who, who, whose last initial was G? Janice P.M. I think Larry. Okay. Janice P.M. Jennifer C. P.M. Jennifer C. Susan S.H. Okay. Susan. All right. I can take um, at least one or two, two more. Elena C. Elena. Okay. Anyone else? Jane B. The Jane? Yes. Monica Delaware. Okay, Jane B. We're going to end with Jane. All right, so here's the lineup for now. We have Larry G., Janice P.M., Jennifer C., Susan S.H., Elena and Jane B. Okay, so good morning, Larry G. Hey, good morning, moderator. Thank you for your service. My name is Larry G. I'm from California. It's good to be on this call this morning. Uh, to me, it really doesn't matter whether that person has more religious experience or training than I do, or I have more than, than they do. It doesn't matter if I have more recovery or less recovery or more time or uh, less time in the program. Because uh, we, we speak a language of the heart. There's a great book uh, that's been written about this, uh, Conference Approved. It's called Language of the Heart. 
it doesn't matter uh, if you're a banker, a, a broker, um, a biker, housewife, working professional. Uh, we speak the language of the heart, and and it, it, that that language always will win out over um, a doctor talking to a compulsive eater or um, you know um, a minister. Um, one drunk talking to another is to me precious. It is our legacy. It is what was given to us by Bill and Bob before Vision for You, before conferences, before retreats, before the big book. Um, the legacy is one drunk talking to another, and I have to remember that. And I, I'll tell you the truth. Before I got to Visions, I was, I, I was uh, 20 years in OA, um, and I had, been, I had not been absent. I was physically absent, but not... Um, not emotionally, spiritually absent. And in the end, I was uh, a sick and dying food drunk. And I, there's, a great, there's a great line in the big book, I can't transmit something I don't have. And I had been trying to transmit things. I was puzzled why um, I was so unsuccessful sponsoring other people in a way at that time it was because I was a food drunk. I, was, I had not surrendered. Uh, I had a troubled mind. Uh, and I had an allergy that kept getting um, triggered by the obsession. But today, th by the grace of God, I am abstinent, and I'm able to share my experience, strength, and hope uh, with another individual, regardless of their training or my training. And that's what it, any of you on this call who are new or coming back, uh, you know, all we have to do is share our experience, strength, and hope, and where the minister, the therapist, um, you know, the doctor can't reach that person, we can um, my sponsor, my 12-step in this program, um, I have twice the amount of time. Um, you know, I've been in AA for 42 years. Um, but I came in with a, a beginner's eyes. I, I wanted to start all over again because I was a dead man in the water. And I learned more from this woman about the big book than my, many of my AA sponsors. Um, and I just had to level my pride. But we spoke the language of the heart. Uh, and that is just precious. So that's the gift we give, regardless of our training, regardless of the amount of time, is that we have this common language that when one drunk talks another, we can reach that person, and that person can reach us. And I pass back to you, Audrey. Thank you, Larry. That was Larry G. And now Janice PM. And thank you again, my dear. Um, Penny C. Penny C., my name is Janice PM. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts. Yeah, that was me. This was me. Is I, I just couldn't understand when I came into, I was, you know, big shot. Oh, I had religion. Oh, I lived across the street from the church. I went to a religious school. I, you know, I, I try to be such a quote, unquote, good girl, you know, because that's how I was brought up. But, but. You know, and that's why when I came in here, I was so curious um, why my faith did not work alone. I, I, I was very, confu uh, very confused that uh, my convictions, my ideas, my religious ideas did not work. When you people told me it worked, what did you do that was different than me? Well, it wasn't just faith alone. And as if we go back to the history of Dr. Silkworth and Dr. Young, you know, they admitted. They admitted they knew what was wrong, 
but he, they didn't know how to make that vital, uh, vital spiritual experience occur. And that's what I learned when I came here. They kept saying, you know, you lack power. Well, I had power. I thought I had the power of God. Yeah, but, you know, I don't want to go into the next um, paragraph, but the truth was that faith alone was insufficient. What, what, had to, what had to follow? Work. What work? Working through for me. And what I heard, what happened to you, is you worked with somebody, and that's the name of the chapter, working with others, and you guided them through these 12 steps. And because the because I lacked power, and you know, yeah, I believed, but I didn't have that power. It came through when I practiced these twelve steps. That's the truth, and that's what did it for me every day. To give it away when I received that spiritual experience, which I was always looking for because I wanted that obsession. I could put down the food, but I wanted the obsession to be removed. Well, that higher, I found that higher power that worked for me through these 12 steps. I, I, received, I received the gift, but the secret was I have to give it away. I can't keep it for myself. There's no way that I can just say, okay, I'm all done now. I got the spiritual experience and end of story. No. Working with others, faith alone. Faith alone does not work. It's without work, work with others, faith is dead and it's insufficient. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Are you there, Penny? Here I go. Thanks, Janice. That was Janice PM, and now we're going to have hear from Jennifer C. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Can I be heard? Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, good morning. This is Jennifer C. from Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you, everybody, for your shares. Um, so I am this prospect. I was this prospect and I am this prospect on any given day. And the truth is, for me, um, the way I know that faith without works is dead is because I had a whole lot of faith as I binged my face off, and I was the evangelist uh, reeking of alcohol, as the 12 and 12 describes. And so I know that faith without works produces, uh, you know, little, if if nothing, because I was there for many years. And the, you know, the reality is that on page 31, there's a list of all the things the alcoholic has tried before they surrender to this way of life. And for me, uh, you know, my faith uh, without this program is just another thing that I've tried um, that beat me into a state of reasonableness, right? And that's the process. I have to be beaten into a state of reasonableness. So, this this book tells me that I have an illness. Um, and until I believe that, until I really concede to being sick, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take my medicine. Um, and so as much as I had faith in God, right, 
I don't, I don't sit there with a headache for days, days in, days out and not take something for it. I don't sit there uh, with, with cancer and not go get my treatment. I cannot sit here with this illness of, of um, obsession and compulsion to destroy myself with food and not take my medication. And it took me a long time to realize this program, this way of life is my medication. And I can't just take it until I feel better. I have to take it every single day, regardless of how I feel. And so for me, that was my step one. My step one is I'm sick and this program, not my religion, but this program is my medication, period. And I have to take it every single day. So for me, you know, the semantics of, well, abstinence isn't the most important thing. God is. Really? Well, if I'm in the food, if I am destroying myself with food, I block myself from that channel. So this this whole back and forth of like, well, you know, is abstinence really the most important or is God? Well, for me today, abstinence is number one, because without that, my channel is disconnected and food becomes my God. So yes, for me as a compulsive overeater, abstinence is the most important thing in my life today so that I can do God's will, right? And so I have to express my powerlessness through action. You know, when sponsees ask me like, well, how do I know if I've really taken step one? I say, well, let's see if you pick up the phone. Let's see if you pick up the phone or pick up the food. Then we're going to know. Then we're going to know if you've taken step one. So it's through my actions that I can tell which step I'm on. It's through my actions. I can be on step one with my step work. But have I really taken step one? We'll find out, right? So thank you all for being part of my medication today. I have an illness. I need my medication. And that's this way of life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. And Susan S.H. Thank you, Penny. This is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and always grateful to be here. Um, It isn't really a stress that most of my sponsees have more faith when they arrive to me than I had when I arrived here. Um, And they may wonder how I can add anything to their solid faith. I'm sure I really can't, nor can I save anybody. I can, however, share my experience, strength, and hope. I can share how I have come to believe uh, and how I um, need to and want to attend to my spiritual life every day. I can share my powerlessness and how I came to find the power and trust the power every day. I do turn to my higher power because every day I'm human imperfect, sometimes selfish. I need my higher power, and I must turn to him in everything. It keeps me afloat in this world, which is imperfect, in, in me, which is imperfect. I depend on unconditional love because it directs me to love myself and others. If I can communicate this, if I can share this with a sponsee or a prospect, And if they can identify, then I can be helpful. Um, It always helps me. And if I can help them, then I've I've achieved that moment of sane and happy usefulness. And, yeah, there's more satisfaction in this than 
<laughs> than almost anything else that has ever happened to me. So um, I'm very grateful to be here, to be able to share, and I will pass. I appreciate your share, Susan S.H. Um, next, Elena. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Penny, and everyone on the line. My name is Elena C. Uh, from Greenville, South Carolina. And, uh, wow, this this is powerful to me, like, you know, like all this big book. Um, but what I want to say about this paragraph is, um, you know, I <clears throat> I did have faith before I came here because I had um, 20 years in Al-Anon. And that was a really powerful, I need that program a lot because I was impacted by alcoholism of others. But with that faith, even if it was a 12-step faith, of course, I could not transfer it here, you know. So credits for me did not transfer, did not transfer. And, um, and why? I believe because I needed to hear your stories. So then I can understand mine. So then I could be more comfortable to um, to uh, accept my own story of addiction. Okay. So if you were to tell me that you know, uh, well, you know, I have um, I have God, and but I struggle with this and this. Well, that wasn't what I was struggling with. I was struggling with food, and because. You surrendered, you know, and you told me your stories, and I hear, I heard the stories um, at other meetings, not even here. Then he gave me an opportunity to be okay with my own vulnerability in terms of my addiction. I mean, this addiction is, you know, it's it's calming and baffling, and sure enough. I believe I was, I'm going to die of this addiction if I don't stay here. So having said that, you know, I needed a community of people that can, I could understand and they can understand me. And because I have that freedom, I could, I could invite God, God of my understanding in terms of my addiction that will heal and will help my addiction and then you know it's I mean the purpose of the recovery today for me it's not necessarily to be happy well I mean if I will always be happy I'm not human you know I cannot be happy all the time I have feelings and my God understands that but the purpose of the recovery for me is to grow one day at a time to grow in this relationship with an amazing God that is keeping me alive and free from my addiction. And if I didn't, I, if I wouldn't be here, sure enough, I can't do that. I cannot do that. I need you. I need you as much as perhaps you need me. And, you know, um, it's, I mean, the, the cure, the treatment of addiction, it is not the removal of the substance. It's not abstinence. It's community. And without a community, you know, I can't find my God. God is contagious. I get God from you. You get God from me. 
you know, I get my own experience with God, you get your own. But we need each other. We need each other to, to continue this journey and to continue to live because sure enough, you know, if I take that first bite, I'm going to die sooner or later. But I'm so grateful to be here and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. That was Elena C. Uh, and now I'm going to call on Jane B. Hi, this is Jane B. from Massachusetts. Grateful um, to be here, compulsive overeater. Um, I love this passage. Um, in that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. And this speaks loud and clear to me. I was um, raised in a strict um, religion, and when I was 23, I found um, God not in a religion, but in the relationship with him. And for decades, my 20s up to my senior year here in my 70s, I... Um, I fell in love with the Word of God, and it's been my, um, he's been my substance and my relationship and everything that I've done. Now, saying that, for the past um, 10 months, I found a way, and I jumped in with both feet, never been in a way, um, and God sent me this um I'll call her my savior um, to lead me more to a spiritual life with God, my uh, sponsor, because I, my prayer was, God, give me, um, take away any preconceived ideas I have of you. And I honestly have been reading the word of God and studying it for 44 years. And I'm happy looking back on my life, but with compulsive overeating, that is one area that I did not give up. <clears throat> and I did pray for years and years about this. But my um, my prayer was answered this past 10 months because um, my childhood traumas um, developed, I developed a people-pleasing lifestyle and I knew what everybody else wanted but I never knew what I wanted I never was able to feel um, my feelings I, I, I'm detached I was numb and now this past 10 months praise God that he came to my rescue and I look at him as um, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, and I mean, he is saving me from this compulsive of reading disease. And why the past ten months? Why did I come into OA when I hear all you beautiful sisters and brothers that have been in here for decades? And um, with that, I'm convinced that we have to work out every day our um, our salvation from compulsive overeating with fear and trembling. And I'm not looking back anymore and say, God, why didn't you rescue me um, 30, 40 years ago? Because I've had a, a great life 
you know, our ups and downs as human beings, but now for the past 10 months and then for the rest of my life, I want my, my prayer... My prayer is to ask God to unpeel all these um, feelings that I, the numbness and the disconnect that I have with myself. So it is myself versus um, God, and I'm choosing God, and that'll pass. And thank you so much. Thank you, Jane B. And now we have time for one more share. Who would like to take that one spot? Karen K. Karen K. Okay, go ahead, Karen. Hey, this is Erin Kay, uh, recovering in Michigan. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for moderating. Um, I'm kind of sitting here listening and thinking about the relationship between faith and action. And um, I mean, so much of what, you know, works in recovery is taking a lot of counterintuitive action. And I think, you know, for me, what faith really is, Faith is what motivates me to take this counterintuitive action. When I, not only am I not sure this is going to work, but I may not, you know, I may have big doubts. Um, and this feels really, you know, not, not of me, not what I would do, not my default. Um, and that ends up being the thing that, that gets me, you know, to the next, to the next step, to the next level, to the next day without picking up. Um, that gets me peace when I'm disturbed. Um, and, you know, so I think that's what faith is. It motivates counterintuitive action. And, and so I wonder if, you know, if it's whatever we're calling faith is not doing that for us, is it really faith, you know, or is it, or is it just belief um, or, or, I don't know, some other word, but that's what I had. I'll pass. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Erin. Okay, so we have less than a minute left, so I'm going to close right now and thank everybody who shared, everyone who attended, and especially everybody behind the scenes and those who gave service this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, July 13th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 20,439-20439. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Chris M. please read from A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggested only. Hi, everyone. It's Chris M., a compulsive overeater from Ontario, Canada. And thank you, Penny, and everyone for your service today. Um, I'm happy to be here. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. 
May God bless you and keep you until then.